the internet has done wondrous things for people looking to buy and sell motorcycles. Can you imagine what it was like before the internet? If you were in Dunedin and wanted to buy a specific motorcycle, you'd have to grab a copy of the National Trade and Exchange and see a guy in Auckland had your exact motorcycle you wanted to buy. You'd call him, probably miss him, leave a message on his answer machine. Yeah, hi, Barry here. Uh, see you've got a BSA Bantam for sale. Can you give me a call back on 03453 Then he'd call back a couple of days later. You missed him, so he left you a message, and then you'd play a few more rounds of telephone tag before finally getting hold of him, asking some questions, and then you'd need to book a flight north to view the bike with no idea whether it was going to live up to your expectations or not. You would pay cold hard cash, ride the bike home and probably have to get picked up by the AA just south of the Bombay Hills. These days you can find a motorcycle online, view it, chat with the seller, arrange everything, view photos and videos and own the bike within hours. Of course the internet doesn't make getting to Auckland and picking up said bike any easier. I myself am enduring the long wait, the longest wait, for my new motorcycle. I bought said new motorcycle around four weeks ago as I typed this, with no idea of how I was going to get up to Auckland to get it. There's a story there also, as to how I ended up buying the bike. I had my old super commuter MT-07 for sale for a few weeks, when this new bike popped up on Facebook Marketplace, and as soon as I saw it I knew I had to have it. Trouble was that I was a little bit short in the cash department. In a group chat with KR editor Ben and co-host of Kiwi Rider podcast Matt, I showed them the bike and mentioned how I didn't quite have enough money to buy it so I'd likely miss out on it and have to wait for the next one to come along. They cited the fact that uh, I have not shut up about this motorcycle since its launch and they said that I should make the seller an offer and that if I did make the seller an offer and he accepted, they would loan me the difference until the sale of my MT-07 was completed. It took a bit of arm twisting as I wasn't comfortable taking loans off mates, but I made the offer and to my complete and utter surprise, the seller accepted. Then came the message to Ben and Matt to confirm the loan, but as I was making those arrangements, I received a message from a young fella keen on my MT-07. He made me an offer, a little lower than I had hoped for, but I could see he was as excited about my old MT-07 as I was about my new bike. So I accepted his offer, and suddenly, I had sold a motorcycle and bought a motorcycle, all in the space of one evening. I was completely unprepared. My MT-07 was picked up at the end of that week, and luckily I still had a BMW G310GS on loan from BMW Motorrad New Zealand, following the GS Rally NZ to ride to work on. Now came the hard part. How to get the new bike from Auckland to Wellington. We came up with a few different plans, but the one that stuck in the end involved a bit of pass the parcel, or pass the motorcycle. Friend of the show, Mike, was the one to make the first move, meeting the seller and confirming the bike did in fact exist. I then paid for the bike, and he rode it back to his works warehouse. Veg, Kiwi Rider's publisher, was the next chain in the link, picking up the bike and he was to take it to Tokoroa, where Jake Whitaker was going to bring it back to Wellington for me. Unfortunately, life had other plans, and Jake was unable to attend the event in Tokoroa, so he had to pull out. So we toyed with the idea of dropping the bike at Matt's house in Cambridge, and I was going to fly up there and get it, but in the end, a cheap flight all the way to Auckland popped up, and I told Veg to hang on to the bike, 
then meet me at Auckland Airport at 7.30am on an idle Saturday in December. As you can imagine, I was so excited about the purchase of my new bike, a bike I had desired for a very long time, that keeping my excitement under wraps for the past four weeks has not been an easy job. I've watched almost every single video on YouTube, I've listened to every single motorcycling podcast, I've gone through every single parts catalogue, I've even ordered some parts already. It's been three long weeks when all I want to do is ride my new bike. It's funny when you think about it though. It's a bike I've desired for such a long time. Since before its launch actually. But I've never actually ridden one. I might get on the thing and absolutely hate it. But I've paid for it. I've saved every penny I had over a very long time. But it must be remembered that it's also a bike that I wouldn't have if it wasn't for some good mates. It really was a team effort to buy this bike. From Mike going to get it, Veg storing it for me and picking me up at the airport and of course Ben and Matt who helped me fund the dream. That to me is a big thing. Not many people would hand over that sort of money with no idea when they would get it back. That's true friendship and that's what motorcycling is all about. I ride daily and my commute is rather boring but riding with mates is something I really look forward to. It hardly matters where to but the best memories I have of riding motorcycles have all been riding with mates. Trail riding in the central plateau, adventure riding on an unsuitable bike, an Easter road trip with my now wife, two up on an MT-07. All of it, good memories and good times. And long may it continue. But as I sit here typing away, I have three sleeps until the day I board my red-eye flight to Auckland and begin the big ride home on what for me is new bike day. Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name is Ray Heron and thank you very much for joining me for this, our last episode for the year. It's a bonus episode. It's not something I thought I was going to be doing, but uh, one thing's led to another and we are recording one more show for you which will come out somewhere between Christmas and New Year. So I hope you've uh, you've stocked up and you've filled your belly with uh, Christmas dinner and you know, you've returned all those broken presents to the warehouse and whatever. <laughs> and I hope uh, I hope you, you've had a chance to get out in the sunshine and ride that motorbike as well. Um, right now, it is 4.35am on Saturday. It is mid-December. And a few weeks ago, my motorbike, my MT-07, got picked up. I sold it. And I did mention at the time that I had bought a new motorbike and I haven't told anyone what it is. But today's the day that I am going to fly to Auckland. Um, Kiwi Rider magazine publisher Veg is going to meet me at the airport with my new bike. He's going to hand over the keys and I'm going to ride it home in one go. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but there's a bit of a story behind it. And there's, a, there's a, motorcycling, it's all about mates, right? The reason we do it, well, not the reason we do it, but it's been in the last few weeks that I've realised how good my mates are, which has been really good. It's been amazing. I'm standing at Wellington Airport. It's before 5am, so the doors to the terminal haven't even opened yet. And we're going to board a flight. We're going to land in... Auckland at 7.30am 
Vidge from Kiwi Rider. He's going to meet me at the airport, hand over the keys, and then we're off on our way south. Uh, got a quick stop in Hamilton at Dold Industries, which is uh, the guys that do Ventura luggage racks. And we've got to stop in and see Matt in Cambridge for a quick stop. And then the rest of it is whatever I want to do. I haven't quite decided which route I'm going to take. Uh, if I want to get home quickly, stay at Highway 1. Uh, I could do the Gentle Annie and go down the east coast at Highway 2. Or maybe shoot, a lot, shoot across and do some gravel in Taranaki and do the Forgotten World Highway. Um, I don't know. We'll see how I feel when we get near those areas. But uh, I guess that's all I've got for the moment. Um, thanks very much for joining us for this extra special episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast. Uh, I'll be back when I've got more to say. Right, I've jumped on the bike. I've started it. My first impressions of this machine. Getting it off the trailer after picking it up and uh, meeting Veggie. Well, she's, she's heavy. First, first, my first thought was, she's a heavy girl. 204 kgs, but, you know... You expect that. That said, as soon as you get it moving, it's not heavy. It's light and nimble. There's enough up front to give the impression that there's actually a bike. You're actually on a bike. Unlike the MT-07, where there's nothing in front of you. So that's quite nice. Man, it's got a lot of power. After... It's not the most powerful bike in the world, I'll, I'll admit that. But after... Um, so many years of riding the MT-07, the Lambs version of this engine. Powerful. It goes. It just goes. Great. Wind it on in pretty much any gear. Riding the MT-07, the Lambs version, as I said, I never really understood why it had six gears. I never really used six. It would do it would do 100 k's in six, cruising along uh, on the flat. As soon as you came to a slight incline, it didn't like it. You drop back to fifth. Um, this, though, the full power engine, whole milk. Man, sixth gear makes sense. You know, fifth gear, 100k, you're cruising along. Well, I'm doing 95k at the moment. I'm doing 5,700 revs thereabouts. Fourth, sorry. Fifth, just under 5,000 revs. At 100k's an hour, you can quite comfortably sit in sixth at around 5,000 revs-ish. And because the engine's so talky, it'll it'll happily do it. Uh, fuel? Uh, 17-litre tank, I believe. So, on paper, it'll do 300 k's to a tank. We'll see. I used to get about 250 k's to a tank on the MT-07. That was a 14-litre tank, so... We'll see, we'll see. I have noticed that standing up on this bike at 100k is clean air, but uh, when you're down on the on the seat, little bit buffety at 100k's an hour, little bit. Not crazy, not unbearable, just a little bit. Feels really good though. Feels brilliant. Feels awake, alive. It feels like you know when you get really really tired and you really just need to sleep, and then you have a sleep. And then you wake up and you feel absolutely refreshed and ready to go. Feels like that. Brilliant bike. Really, really like it. I initially wanted the black one. I've ended up with the competition white one. And it's growing on me. It really is. 
Of course, it's just dawned on me that I haven't actually told you what bike I've bought. But to anyone who's listened to the podcast before, you're probably not worried. You're probably not wondering. You probably know. Yes, I have gone and bought myself a Yamaha Tenere 700. And it's fantastic. When they were launched, and Matt went off to the launch in Australia November last year, I said, I really want one, but I'm going to wait until they come second-hand. Until you start seeing them pop up second-hand. And I said I'd do that. And to be honest, I have. I've done it. I'm very, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quietly stoked that the first Tenere 700 I found second-hand managed to buy. Brilliant. Alright, I'll check back in with you a little bit further down the line as I get on the road. Alright guys, well I started off with the best intentions. My last update was not long after I got on the bike. I started riding, I was having a blast and then I got just south of the desert road and the weather packed in and I just decided to hammer it home. So I thought I would give you a quick update on the bike. So you know by now it is a Tenere 700. I've been harping on about it since they were launched. In fact, I was a little bit dark that Matt got to go to the launch and I didn't. However, um, that happened. He had a blast. uh, And now I am sitting in my garage looking at my very own Yamaha Tenere 700. And what a bike it is. Man, it's a beautiful bike. It's got, of course, the LED running lights. It's got uh, twin LED headlights and then twin LED full beams. So it's got four bulbs up front plus the uh, plus the daylights. It handles beautifully. And I'm so surprised at the difference between the Lambs MT-07 motor and the full power CP2 motor that's in this Tenere 700. They're both CP2 engines. They're both the same. On paper, the Lambs version is 655cc and the Tenere 700 is 689cc. It's been brought, it was brought to my attention by Ben Wilkins, editor Kiwi Rider Magazine. There's, there's a lot of different stuff in there. They, they've probably revised the tune since the previous models because the CP2 engine's been around a year or two now. Uh, it's probably got different cams in the heads. Um, it's got a different map in it. And, of course, it is the full power one. So it's got way more power than I expected. On paper, I looked at 655cc versus 689cc. Is there really going to be that much difference? And then the seat of the pantsometer says, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot of difference. Riding it round the other day, I felt like I was riding a heavy oversized WR250, WR450, WR in general. It's a fantastic engine. It really is. The bike feels really good to ride it's got a hard seat for 600 kilometers but it's um ergonomics are brilliant for standing up and once you do stand up you you get your head out of the turbulence that's my only gripe about this bike in total actually is that there's a bit of turbulence that comes off that windscreen so in a seated position and i'm a fraction under six foot uh in a seated position 
there's a little bit of turbulence and your head's getting a bit of wobble going on. There's a bit of noise in the helmet. But as soon as you stand up, you get that clean, undisturbed ear and uh, all's well again. So that's probably going to be one of the first modifications I look at doing. What can I do with that screen? Can I maybe check out the GV catalogue and see if there's a bigger screen? Or hmm, that's something to look at. Let's talk about modifications while we're here because I've done a couple. The first thing that got bolted onto the bike was the quad lock. So my phone was on the handlebars and that works really, really well. Uh, fatter bars than I expected. I took the uh, quad lock sleeve from the MT-07 and of course the MT-07 has skinnier bars. So that didn't work. I had to steal a sleeve off Matt. Uh, but the quad lock is on the bars. That works nicely. Um, I'd like to put the quad lock on the bar above the speedo cluster. Uh, but I might have to look at maybe the mirror stem mount version of the quad lock as opposed to the bar mount for that. Um, another modification that I've done was... There's two posts with two Allen head bolts going through them holding the main seat on. So you pop the pillion seat off and then you can access those two bolts. Uh, I worked out that you can take the bolts out and then the sleeves that click over the bolts, put them in upside down, put the bolts back in and then the seat just clicks in and out without needing to undo the bolts, which makes accessing the battery and the, the ear box uh, a million times easier. Uh, so that's a little hack that I've, uh, I've done. Um, and what else have I done? Fuel economy. I haven't done anything else, really. I am going to do some stuff. Uh, I'm going to put some crash bars on the bike. I am going to work out a luggage solution as well because we've got a few big rides coming up over uh, later December and early January, uh, which you probably know about already if you've listened to the podcast for long enough. So... Um, I'm going to do some modifications on the bike in that regard. Fuel economy is pretty good. On the way down, I I pushed it as far as I did uh, from Auckland into Topor and did 294 kilometres before the fuel light started flashing at me. And that's when I lost my nerve. Pulled into BP Wairake there, fueled up, and the bike uh, only took 10 litres which I thought was interesting considering it's got a 16 or 17 litre tank. Uh, so I pushed it a bit further and got into Sanson in the rain and I was sitting around about the 300 kilometre mark and I thought on paper I should be able to get maybe even to 350. So I pushed on and ended up fueling up in Levin again at around the 325k mark. So I should be able to get 350k's to a tank. However, range anxiety is kicking in, especially when you've got a fuel light flashing at you. So um, 300 kilometres is probably comfortable. That said, I've been commuting on the bike so far Monday, Tuesday. It's Tuesday evening. I'm sitting in the garage recording this now. And um, I'm sitting about 280 k's to the tank and probably one block of fuel to go. So I'm probably going to be fueling up around the 200, 250 k mark uh, commuting. Uh, 
but it's good to know on the open road I can get 300Ks out of that tank comfortably. It's such a comfortable bike though. Uh, ergonomics from the seat to the pegs is beautiful. You've probably heard me complain about the old MT-07 a bit where I felt I was a bit cramped in the knees. The seat to the pegs ratio was a little bit tight for me. Um, I could ride, but it just it just wasn't comfortable for a long, long trip. Um, the T7, absolutely brilliant. I've removed the rubber inlays in the pegs, which... Um, I didn't really notice a comfort difference at all uh, on the open road, but I noticed as since I took the rubber inlays out that I had a lot more grip underfoot. Uh, I'm riding daily with former adventure boots, so they, they grip really nicely on those pegs without the rubber inlays. And the distance from the peg to the gear lever, I find, is absolutely perfect. In fact, the ergonomics of the entire bike, I haven't had to do anything. I haven't had to change any distances. The uh, the, the brake lever, the gear lever, it's the, the clutch lever, it's all there. It's all perfect. Uh, it's the first bike I've ever got on and just gone, yes, this is exactly right. This is exactly how it's meant to be. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, everything, the gear shifter on the MT-07, I, always, I, I could never actually get my, my toe under it with former adventure boots. Yeah, it's not an adventure bike, so everything's a little bit tighter, but um, now the distance on the, on the T7 is absolutely beautiful. Uh, I adjusted the chain. That was nice and easy. Um, otherwise, I've just been riding it. It's been, it's been absolutely outstanding. Um, so the, my main gripe is the turbulence off the windscreen at 100 k's an hour um, hitting the helmet. Um, my secondary minor gripe, and it's only because I'm trying to come up with negatives, is the high-speed compression on the shock is, is, is brutal. If you hit a speed bump or a, um, a pothole, that's going to send that, that shock straight up your spine. And there was one more thing, if I was really nitpicking, what was it? No, it's gone can't even think of it. The exhaust has got a beautiful tone to it. I um, kind of expected it to be as quiet as the MT-07, but it's not. It's got a it's got a little bit of burble to it, and it's out, outstanding. I love it. I love this bike. If you ever get a chance to ride a Tenere 700 and you don't take it up, man, you got to get your head red. It is a brilliant bike. Um, I'm looking forward to riding it some more. And we are going to be bringing you some more stories on these bikes. Uh, I'm going to be on the Tenere 700 and Matt is going to be on Rosie the Rally. We're going to be going off to do the Molesworth and the Rainbow in early January. And right about the 27th of January, actually, uh, we are, in fact, possibly about the time this podcast is going live, we are on a KR team trip uh, to do the 40-second traverse. So I'll bring you all the details from all of those adventures in the new year. I sincerely hope that you have enjoyed this podcast throughout the year. Uh, I hope you're having uh, some time to relax, catch up with family and friends, chill out, eat too much, drink too much, don't ride your bike if you're drinking, um, and, yeah, just generally have a, a good time, a good break at the end of the year because... Man, 2020's been one out of the box, really, hasn't it? Uh, with COVID and all that, all that that's entailed. So uh, I hope you enjoy your time off. If you get it, and when you do get it, enjoy it. 
Uh, keep the rubber side down, throttle on. And if you see a biker out on the road, give him a wave. We're all brothers, we're all mates, we're all... Uh, what is, what's that saying? There's no strangers, we're all just friends we haven't met yet. So um, have a fantastic break, and we will catch you in 2021. I've been Ray here, and this is Kiwi Rider Podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you in the new year. Yeah.